you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Let us run with patience. Let us run. Let us run this race. Lord, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that we don't run alone. We're running together. Lord, we are in the race. We're not, we're not running for, for exercise sake. It's not just futility. But, but Lord, we are, we are in a race. We're running. We are a part of what you've called us to do. I pray that you'd give us the strength. Strengthen our weaknesses. Give us the faith that we need. Lord, as we look to you, the author and the finisher of our faith, we know that we are not far. We are close. And so, Lord, let us not get distracted nor doubtful, but let us run. In the name of Jesus Christ and the church, said amen. Lay your Bibles down. Let's clap our hands unto the Lord one more time. And you may be seated. I was in my, my vehicle just recently, and I suppose that's what prompted this scripture to my mind. As they were interviewing these Eritrean runners. Eritrean, it's a, it's a, a state, it's a part of Africa. It is, it is bordered by Sudan in the west and Ethiopia in the south and its coast is the Red Sea. It's in the western part of Africa. And from that region of Ethiopia and these uh, Eritrean uh, athletes, these runners, they have dominated from that area of the world the long distance running in every Olympic uh, since 1983. They, they are known. They are known to be runners. They um, so much so that for decades there has been a study uh, on these particular athletes. They would run the 10,000 meter 
race, and they would um, they would outperform athletes from around the world. The question was asked several of these athletes: What makes you a good runner? What 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 helps you? What what is the secret? What is um, in all of their studies, they finally just ask him, what, what makes the difference? One runner said, well, it's, it's just in our DNA. It's who we are. It's our genetic predisposition. That's why we are good runners. Another one answered the question, what makes you a good runner? What makes, what makes runners from this area of the country, the world, what makes them so... Um, I'm not just talking about good runners. I'm talking about Olympians. He said, well, it's, it's our environment. It's where we run. We run in the mountains of Ethiopia, and they run all the way down through those Eritrean, uh, the state of Eritrean, and, and, and all through that. It's where we run. It's, it's a high altitude, somewhere around 7,500 feet in the air. It, it's, it's red clay. You, you can see runners after they, they take one of those three or four or five hour runs when they come back. Their skin is caked with red dirt. It's not just your normal soil. It's red clay. And it is pockmarked with uh, rocks and thorns. It's, it's, it's a very inhospitable place to run. It's, uh, it's, it's totally different than anywhere on the face of the earth, but but from the early age, from their from their childhood, they would run. Uh, it, it is known they are known to just go to school running from three to twelve miles one way to school every day, and so they they run because they have to run. So it is our it's our living conditions that make us good runners. There were some other, other answers, but another one that caught my attention was one runner said, it's not any of that. It's just our sheer determination. You've got to want to be a runner. It, it's, it's, uh, it's nothing less than our sheer will. I don't know what the Apostle Paul was thinking about when he wrote to you and I. I know that he was living in the day of the Roman Empire where, where the Olympian was no uh, more elevated than Paul's day. The games were so much a part of the fabric of Paul's culture that, that some even say that he was a running uh, fanatic, that he, he was someone that, that admired running and admired the games. I'm not sure what his, his thought process or what was... He, in his mind when he wrote the words, but he said, let us run with patience the race. But he wasn't talking about a physical race. He wasn't talking about a race where we get to the end and stretch forth to break the ribbon and receive that temporary crown. That's not what he was talking about. He was talking about that race that would bring glory, that would bring honor, that race that would bring eternal life. And he, he admonishes us even today. Those words ring loud in my spirit. Let us run this race. I, I want to just spend the next few moments uh, uh, reminding you that this world is not our home. 
that, that we've already talked about a lot of conditions tonight. And, and we've experienced, my wife and I have experienced uh, health issues ourselves. We've talked about health issues and problems and trials. I want you to know this world is not a hospitable place. We've experienced some of those, but we are promised if we stay in the race, a place where there's no more tears and there's no more death and there's no more pain and there's no more sickness. So I've come to tell somebody, run this race with patience. Don't throw in the towel now. Don't, don't, don't wave the white flag and give up now. Don't sit on the sidelines now. But I already feel something in the air. I feel some folks that are kind of, they're looking, they're looking their circumstances in the eye and you've made up your mind that I'm just going to get up today at just like I am tomorrow and I'm going to continue to run this race. I intend to make it. Hallelujah. Well, we're not just getting in this race. We're, we're, not, we're not just running this race uh, with, with, with uh, a hope so. I'm telling you that everybody that runs this race can make it. This is not just a prize for one. When you get in this race that I'm talking about tonight, there are streets of gold and gates of pearl. There will, you will hear the words, well done, thou good and faithful servant, but just run this race. He's equipped each and every one of us to run this race. I know it's not easy. I know it's difficult. I know that you and I have brought things tonight that we've already been ministered to by the Holy Ghost. We're just, I'm not tonight, I'm not just trying to get through next month. I'm just trying to get through today. When you're running, you can't think about the finish line. You've got to think about your next step. You just got to keep on running because the finish line will come soon. Oh, one more time. Clap your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. But you have it in your DNA. You're not just anybody. But when you've been blood-bought and baptized in His name, when we have been born again, we've got the right DNA. Paul wrote to us and said, Old things are passed away. You have become a new creature and when you become a new creature there was a time in my life when I wondered if I could make it there was a time in my life that I wondered if if this life was worth running but when I became a new creature I thought different I acted different I knew that if I hold his hand I can make it I am a new creature in Christ Jesus in the book of John we we have the text, the scripture that says, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You have this in your DNA. You are not the man that you used to be. You're not the woman that you used to be. But I do want to tell you, you contend every day with that old you. I, I, I have to realize that that old me talks to me every single day. I, I noticed that... that the Apostle Peter. Then in the book of Matthew, that, that he wasn't always called Peter. He was called Simon. And Simon, in the book of Matthew, chapter number 16, when Simon, along with the other disciples, was asked, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? 
Some of the disciples said, well, some say you're Elias or Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But whom do you say that I am? The apostle Peter, he said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And at that moment, Jesus said to him, thou art Peter. And upon this rock, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He, he took somebody that was vacillating and, and that was wavering in who he was. But when Jesus got through with him, he said, this is strong enough, powerful enough that I'm going to build my very own church. Thou art Peter and upon this rock I will build my church. But when I read through the book of John, it's like no other gospel writer he, he writes concerning Peter, and he never hardly ever mentions him in who he was. He, he talks about it in whom he was and is. He, he, while, while Jesus says that I've come to wash your feet, and, and Simon Peter, here's what he says in the book of John uh, 13. He says, Simon Peter... He saith unto him, Lord, you're not going to wash my feet. You're, you're not going to have, you're not going to do that, Lord. You're not going to stoop to wash my feet. See, when, when it comes down to dealing with the Lord, he had to deal with his old man first. How are we going to deal with the things that come our way? Are we going to deal with it, the old man or the new man? It's almost like, like John sensed that he struggled with this every day. It's Simon Peter. It's, those words don't even go together. That's my old me, but I want to tell you, you deal with the old you every single day. In the book of John, chapter number 18, while Peter was at Pilate's hall, he said, and Simon Peter stood and warmed himself by the fire. And when the damsel said, you're one of his, his he denied the Lord. It was the old Simon that came out. It was wrestling again. And then, and then again, after the resurrection, Simon Peter saith unto them, John said, I go a fishing. He was constantly contending with his old man. I want to tell you, you've got to not listen to that old man. You can't listen to that old self. That old self will tell you that it's not worth it. That old self will tell you it's time to give up. That old self will tell you you're too tired. I want to tell you, your new man, you've got what it takes to run this race. If you've been filled with the power of the Holy Ghost, you are a new creature in Christ Jesus. You've got to get up, look that man in the eye and say, you're not going to talk to me today. I'm listening from another voice. I'm listening to the voice that comes from heaven. I am going to run this race. My new man can make it. Don't listen to that old man. Clap your hands one more time to the Lord. You know, there's a lot of times in life that, that we deal with the old man. We deal with our old self. Don't let that old self take you back into that stinking thinking, that stubbornness, that, that even sometimes it's rebellion. Sometimes it's, it makes me, come on, I don't know about you. I'm just going gonna, gonna to tell you about me. Uh, me. I, I, I struggle with, with me. One time we were teaching a, we were teaching a, uh, we were teaching a uh, um, a marriage seminar, my wife and I, and while we were, after we taught the seminar, we were headed home and we had a discussion. <laughs> and in the middle of that discussion, I 
uh, I, I just, I just kind of powered through that discussion. And then, and then after we got through with it, there was silence. And it was broken by this. You need to read your own notes. <laughs> and she was right. Sometimes I know a whole lot what you need to do. Sometimes I got to fix what I need to do. Isn't it a whole lot easier to figure out what somebody else needs to do? I, I, I know what the person down the, across the aisle and down the pew needs to do, but it's my old man that really gives me the trouble. I've got to fix it right here. Somebody say amen. It's not just the DNA, but it's our living conditions. In our living conditions, we, we have, we have, we're living in a fallen world. In Genesis chapter 3, it tells us that, that sin has changed the topography of the world that we live in. It's cursed. It's cursed. The ground is cursed with thorns and thistles. And by the sweat of our face are we going to eat bread. This is a cursed place. And when we receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, when we come in as newborn believers... It's changed on the inside, but I got news for you, ladies and gentlemen. It hadn't changed so much on the outside. It's not just changed, it's even getting worse. It's filled with thorns and thistles. It's kind of like that old red clay back there. And, and you know, here's what I found is that life is full of, of bad problems, and sometimes it's just a bunch of small problems. It, it might be cancer and leukemia. My heart went out to those who are suffering with that tonight. I got news for you. The power of God is still able to heal. I, I got news for you. I, I, I remember this. I, I, remember, I remember wondering. I, I was asking the Lord, God, is this, the, is this just life or is this the devil? While I was listening to the doctor's reports about cancer and PET scans and CAT scans and bone marrow and, and all kinds of uh, taking chemotherapy by way of spinal taps, all kinds of stuff. And my mind was playing tricks with me. And I, I kept wanting to know, God, is this the devil or is this life? And I didn't really get an answer. This was the only answer I got. If it's life, I've got it. And if it's the devil, I've got it. It doesn't matter what comes against you. I want you to know I'm bigger than life and I'm bigger than the devil. And I've come to tell you tonight, I don't know what you're going through for sure, but I do know this. If it's life, he's got it. And if it's the devil, he still has it. You can make it through this world. You've got what it takes. Somebody say amen. Not too long ago, I was on my way to church. There's, I have this little thing inside me. It just, it just, uh, it, it's a sympathy thing. I saw this. Uh, there was this. There's little little dog that was uh, wandering. It was loose, and it was a very very busy street. And I remember instantly. I, uh, you know, I, I just whipped off my jacket and had this S right across my chest. And I thought I'm going to save the day. Pulled right up into the. Pulled up into the uh, the driveway there, and I got out of my car, left the car running, and the door opened because I knew that this little dog would not stand a chance with the traffic, early morning traffic, busy road. So I I, I went. It was it was uh, it just kept kind of luring me back down down the street there, and so I went one house, and and the dog would turn around and sit down, and when I would get close, almost just close enough to reach out, he turned around and went you know another house down. We, we played this game for about three, 
about, uh, about, about three houses, and then when it was a chihuahua, and then all of a sudden when I got close enough just to touch it, that dog turned into teeth and tail. <laughs> and and he, he charged me, came at me, but he went around me. He, he went around me, ran down, looked at my truck, jumped up in the front seat, sat down, and, and just sat there. I didn't know what, my truck was running. He was holding me hostage. I, I, I went up there and I would try to reach in just to turn the, turn the, the key off, you know, just to turn the, the car off. And, and I about lost my hand. I mean, this, this dog was, and, and it, was, uh, it was a little cool and the heat was going. And this dog sat down and he, his eyes would start to glaze over until I would start to reach in there. Held me hostage for about, about 45 minutes to an hour. I finally had to call animal control called animal control, and they pulled up. And when they pulled up, he said, what seems to be the problem? He got up. I said, well, it's in my car. He started bounding towards my car, and he stopped. He said, oh, I hate those dogs. <laughs> he said, I'd rather deal with a pit bull than one of those dogs. And he turned around and got some leather gloves that went all the way up to his elbows, pulled on those leather gloves and got a rope. I want to tell you, not everything's cancer. Sometimes it's just flat tires and rainy days and more bills than you expected. You lose your job. It's not just one big thing. Sometimes it's a bunch of little things. But I want to tell you, keep on running. You get through this life. You got thorns and thistles and problems. This world is not going to change. But I didn't come to worship tonight because I don't have problems. I've got problems. I just come to worship the Lord because I'm still in the race. I'm still running. I'm still going. I come to worship the Lord to look the devil in the eye and say, I'm still here. I'm still moving. You haven't got me yet. Life hasn't put me yet down yet. When I fall, I want you to know I will get back up again. Come on, somebody say, I'm running. I'm running. I'm running. Don't get down. Don't get discouraged. Wipe your brow off. Look the devil in the eye and start running. This race is worth it. Come on, let's magnify the Lord one more time. And lastly, you just got to be determined. I want to preach to you for just a minute. You got to want to win this race. You gotta want to run this race. The, the the New York Marathon, the Boston Marathon, I'm sorry. The Boston Marathon will garner about sixty thousand applicants. But before it ever starts, there's about one third of them. It's somewhere in the neighborhood, uh, about fifteen thousand just won't even show up. And about another uh, 10,000, 5 to 10,000, they withdraw from the race. They don't even begin the race. I'm going to tell you, you got to want to run this race. It's not an easy race, but it's worth it. It may not always be easy to stay in the race, but I'm going to tell you there's coming a payday someday. There's coming a day where there will be no more clouds. There will be no more death. I know it's difficult as I begin to walk through this congregation tonight. My, my heart, my, it wasn't much unlike life church. It wasn't much unlike what I feel back home. As I begin to walk through the congregation, I said, Lord, help me just to kind of feel 
what, what these folks are, are going through and what, where they're at tonight. And as I walk through, I, here's what I felt. They're just normal folks going through normal stuff. They're, they're just going through life. But I'm going to tell you, you got to be determined. you got to make up your mind. It doesn't matter come hell or high water. I intend to run this race unto the end. Paul said to the Galatians, you did run well, but who did hinder you? I'm going to tell you, nobody's going to hinder me. If you're going to run, then I'll run with you. But if you decide not to run, I already made up my mind a long time ago. I am going to run this race. It's been several years ago. We were preaching in Lawrenceville. We were preaching for brother and sister Long. And sister Long's sister, I think her name is Judy. Isn't it Judy? And so we were, here's what I love about Judy. Judy loves me. I'd, I'd show up and she, there wasn't one service she didn't come up and give me a hug and say, I love you. Well, what, I just love people that love me. So, but, but Judy had a, a terrible condition. She, her, her physical condition was very difficult. She had seizures on a regular basis. I'll never forget, as the musicians come, I, I've, I've held you probably too long. But, but I remember one particular night, the Holy Ghost was there. It felt much just like this. We, we, we got through, almost through the, the song service, and all of a sudden there was a, 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 a commotion to my right, and Judy was having a seizure in service. I remember Brother Long, he leaned over and whispered in my ear, my, my, my sister-in-law, she's having a seizure, and he, he was just trying to explain to me what the commotion was all about. My assumptions were that she had already gone home. My, my assumptions were that mom and dad had scooped her up and was trying to make her comfortable as possibly they could. They, they had taken her home and they, had, they, were, they were doing what they could do to take care of Judy. But, but I'll never forget, she was, my, she was really, uh, anybody who was preaching, she was their amen corner. And I remember we, we didn't get very far into the service and... I was preaching and the Holy Ghost was still there and, and it was one of those points that folks started clapping and folks started just magnifying the Lord because of the presence that was there and something caught my eye over to the right. I, I realized Judy wasn't gone. Judy had just laid down on the, on, the, on the bench. I couldn't see her, but she refused to go home. She refused to leave the service. No, no, no. She, it would have been more of a commotion to make her go. So they said, okay, here's what we're going to do. You just lay down on the bench. And so she laid down on the pew. And in the middle of my preaching, when she'd get to feeling the Holy Ghost, up, up, all I could see was just, it would come up over the pew. It would, here's how it start. And that's all that I would see. She wanted to let me know, that's good, preacher. I believe that preacher. I feel that preacher. I'll tell you how I feel tonight. I don't care if you're sick. I don't care if it's a bad day. I don't care what's going on last week. I don't care if you've lost your job. I'm going to tell you, stay in the race. You've got to be determined if you're going to make it. Don't get a bad attitude. Don't get doubtful. Don't throw in the towel. I'm going to tell you, it's just about going home time. Jesus Christ is coming home for the church. Don't throw in the towel now. Run this race. 
be patient. Trust the Lord. I'm telling you today, you can make it. You can look the enemy in the eye. You can look your circumstances in the eye. And the power of God's going to walk with you. You've got the DNA. You can beat this world. And I'm going to tell you, if you've got the determination, there's going to be one day where we don't just run alone, but there's going to be a multitude come from all four corners of the earth. And he's going to welcome us home saying, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. We made it. We made it. We made it. But you just have to run. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord. Lift your eyes to the Lord. Clap your hands to the Lord. Oh, God, I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the Holy Ghost. Now, this may be just a little bit different now. Just just a little different now, but here's what I want to do. I know we've already prayed, and I feel feel the spirit of of, of healing in this house. Uh, This is not negative. I'm telling you, I believe in healing. But I want to tell you this. Sometimes healing is a progressive road. Sometimes it's coming. He's on our side. He hasn't forsaken you. But I want the devil to know if I walk out of here today and I still have the same pain. If I walk out of here, devil, I just want you to know if it gets worse tomorrow than it is today, I'm still running. If it's harder tomorrow than it is today, I'm still in the race. If I'm still, come on, does anybody know what I'm talking about? I wish that from across this body of believers, that if that's you tonight, that you're not dependent on just having everything comfortable, but God in the midst of all of the chaos. Pastor, I want to tell you this. I know it's been a long time building a building, but we're almost there. You got to keep on running. If we're going to do the work of God, you got to keep on running. You got to keep on building. You got to keep on digging. If that's you tonight, step out of where you are. I want you to come and lift your hands today. Come on, lift them up to the Lord. Come and stand up front. And let's let the enemy know we're not giving up now. We intend to stay in the race. We intend to stay in this battle. Oh God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Come on, shout it out. I'm not turning around. I'm not turning back. I'm staying in the race. Oh, put those hands in the air. I feel the grace of God. I feel the mercies of God touching right now. One more thing, and then I'm just going to let the Holy Ghost do what the Holy Ghost wants to do. I feel like somebody right now feels like you're running alone. I'm telling you, you're not not alone. You're not by yourself. Your family's not by itself. God's with you. When 
when they run those race in, in Ethiopia. I know in the Olympics they got one 10,000 meter race. But, but they were telling, they were saying, when, when we run back home in Ethiopia, it's not one race. We've got, we've got 10 races. And we run them back to back. And we've got 30 in every race that's running those races. Any given day, we've got 300 racers, runners, that'll run the 10,000 meter race. I want to tell you, you're not alone. When we get to heaven, we're not a part of this small, just select few. But I'm running with my brother. I'm running with my neighbor. I'm running. Come on, sometimes. Come here, Brother Gentry. When we fall down at times, here's what I need. I don't need somebody to kick me in the teeth. Somebody, I need somebody to help me back up. I need somebody, come on, put their arm around me and say, come on, let's run a little more. I, here's, don't lift your hands up alone. Why don't you take somebody next to you, lift that hand up. We're in this together. We're in the work of God together. You're building a church together. We're praying at the altar together. We're teaching Sunday school together. I'm with my pastor. I'm with this family. I'm with this church. Oh, come on, somebody. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Somebody ought to let the hub. We're in this together. We're running together. We're running together.